listening to the Coaching Academic Podcast, the podcast for coaches, leaders and academics who are interested in translating research into practice. Each episode, I discuss a brand new piece of cutting-edge research and translate the findings with suggestions of how you can incorporate the research into your practice. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca J. Jones. Now, on with today's show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Coaching Academic Podcast. I'm joined again by Holly Andrews. Hi, Holly. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for joining me. Um, Today, we're discussing a paper that's been published in Applied Psychology, an international review, um, and it was published in 2020. And it's a very topical paper because it's called Achieving Effective Remote Working During the COVID-19 Pandemic, a Work Design Perspective. And I was really fascinated when I saw this, uh, the title of this paper, because obviously, like, most people I've been working from home I know you have as well Holly haven't you I have yes (laughs) and um, most of my students have been working from home and of course most of the people that I've been coaching have been working at home as well and so I think understanding what the research tells us about how we can work from home more effectively is really interesting and useful but also in a way that the COVID-19 pandemic has created a really unique condition for us to test something um, from an evidence-based perspective that we don't normally have so uh, these researchers have really moved very quickly to conduct a, quite an extensive piece of research and, and they've got some really interesting findings that uh, we look forward to sharing with you today. So The context for this study was that although there's been quite a lot of research on remote working uh, over um, a number of years, the context is not really comparable to the current conditions because historically most people that work from home are those people that have selected to work from home. So it might be that their jobs are particularly well suited for working from home or for for personal reasons they really want to work from home. And so because of that, the authors argue that the the samples then are inherently biased because you've got some research that's been conducted on a group of people that have self-selected into working from home and therefore potentially that might explain why often we find very positive effects of working from home on things like um, performance and well-being. So these authors wanted to challenge or test out those those assumptions in this context where actually everybody or almost everybody, if you're not a key worker, has been asked to work from home, regardless of whether your job is necessarily suited to it, whether you want to, or whether uh, it's something you enjoy doing. So they really had an in-depth look at a number of different characteristics of the work, uh, the job that people do and their their kind of personality characteristics as well to see what made a difference in terms of their effectiveness of work. And they did, they had, um, they conducted two separate studies, didn't they, Holly, in this paper? Yeah, this is a, a study, a really beefy study. They, they move very quickly. Um, so it's conducted in China, um, which is obviously one of the first countries to experience the pandemic, one of the first countries to go in a, into a lockdown situation. Um, so it was mid-February 2020. Um, and at that point, 
They say a significant proportion of workers across major cities in mainland China were forced to work from home. And just like in the, the UK and across many other European and American con- countries as well, children were off school. So it was a, you know, a whole different context um, for working from home. So the first thing they did, because they were interested in finding out if there's anything different about this mass working from home compared to the working from home that we'd seen previously, was to do interviews. Um, And they used semi-structured interviews with 39 full-time employees um, who had been required to work from home. Um, And they were asking them about their experiences of working from home, you know, what their job was like working from home, some of the characteristics of the, the job, any challenges that they had, and what kind of outcomes they found from working from home. And they identified uh, a number from that, a number of remote work challenges. So those were work home interferences, either your work interfering with your home life or your home life interfering with your work life. Um, And I'm sure anybody who's been homeschooling can relate to the latter there. Uh, Ineffective communication, just the fact that online communication can be more challenging and take more time. Procrastination uh, was something that was mentioned as a challenge, you know, being prone to procrastinate in your work and loneliness uh, in your in your work and in your job. So those were the challenges that they identified people were finding with working from home during the pandemic. Um, They then identified some virtual work characteristics, so aspects of the person's job that had an impact or in the interviews was reported as having an impact on these challenges. So they were looking there at social support, how much support is provided at work, how much job autonomy the person has, uh, so how much um, and the discretion they have over when and how they do their work, the extent to which monitoring was in place um, over the work that the person was doing and the workload that the person has. So those were the characteristics of the job that were seen to be influencing outcomes for people. And then they finally, they, they found an individual factor um, that came up um, during these interviews that seemed to be having an effect on people um, and on their experience of home working and that was self-discipline so people who reported having more self-discipline seemed to be getting on a little bit better uh, from these interviews than people who weren't self-disciplined which was quite an interesting finding because that was something that hadn't come through previous literature where you know people are either selected into remote working or self-selected into remote working because they've got the right kind of characteristics, the right motivation for it, the right kind of job to be able to do it. Uh, this idea of self-discipline was a new one, whereas perhaps before, you know, everybody who opted into this already had self-discipline. So they then went on to do a quantitative study. So they were interested then in looking at you know, the relationships between these variables. Do they generalise outside of these 39 interviews? So they surveyed 522 employees who'd been working at home during the pandemic and they measured 
the remote work challenges, the virtual work characteristics and self-discipline that we've talked about and look to see what relationships they found between those factors and outcomes which included well-being and performance. Yeah, and it was, as you said, Holly, it's a, it's a really beefy study. So uh, one of the things I like about this is that they started with the qualitative study to really understand the topic in more detail. And then uh, in the same paper, we're presented with a test of a series of propositions that they created from that initial um, study. And because it's such a big study in, in this podcast, we're just going to focus in on some of the findings rather than give a summary of all of the findings. And in particular, we wanted to focus in on the, the findings that we think are most applicable kind of post-COVID. So there are lots of things that came out of the study that we think are quite context dependent. So things like home um, to work interference because kids have been at home and obviously you're trying to homeschool your children while working at the same time is going to have an interference on your ability to work. Now, hopefully children will uh, go back to school and they'll stay at school. So that may not be a, an ongoing problem. But we do know certainly there's a lot of discussion in, in the media and on places like LinkedIn about whether companies will continue with a lot of the home working practices now that it, they've seen that it has potentially worked better than perhaps they thought. And so I think that this study does give us some important evidence if all of a sudden a lot more people will continue working from home than perhaps pre-COVID we did and giving us some information that particularly for those that perhaps managing remote teams or helping to support people who are working remotely that um, can be kind of useful to support them in that process. So some of their findings that were particularly interesting and I think relevant across the longer term context were things like the remote work challenges that they identified, so specifically procrastination and loneliness, um, they found that both of those could be mitigated by social support. So if you have high levels of social support, then you're less likely to procrastinate. And perhaps um, not surprisingly, if you had high levels of social support, you are less likely to feel uh, lonely, even when you're working remotely. One of the things that they did find really interesting about social support and loneliness was that this was also related to job autonomy. So one of the things that they hypothesized was that when you're working remotely, because the opportunities to gain social support and interact with colleagues don't necessarily happen automatically in the same way that they might do if you're all in the office together, it does rely to some extent on the individuals being proactive to create those opportunities or perhaps kind of maximizing the opportunities they have. So say, for example, if you're having an online meeting, making some time in that meeting to kind of catch up and have a chat um, rather than just being 100% um, business, if you like. So uh, that was one of the, the interesting findings to come out of that th this study is that actually, whilst we can see that social support is really important and has positive impact on some of these remote work challenges, it does rely on um, being proactive or having some control over creating those opportunities and utilizing those opportunities to get that social support in obviously quite a different way. 
Um, they also find that some of the virtual work characteristics really helped in and had a positive impact on well-being. So again, social support was one of the, the strong predictors there, but also job autonomy that I've just mentioned was important to well-being. So job autonomy is the extent to which you can control how and when you complete your work. So um, have you got some freedom on how you do your job or is it very um, rigid and, and con strictly controlled? So the, the more autonomy you have, the more likely you are to experience positive well-being when you're working from home. One thing that they found that really hindered uh, the impact of remote working on well-being was monitoring. So, uh, and this was contrary to the interview study, wasn't it, Holly? And in the interview study, they found that monitoring was seen as quite a positive thing. But, yes. Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, an interaction, uh, or they were hypothesising an interaction between uh, self-discipline and uh, monitoring or you know, a, a moderation relationship to be more specific. So they're hypothesizing that for people who were low um, in self-discipline, that monitoring would actually be a positive thing because it would help to keep them on track and make them more accountable. But when they actually got to the quantitative study, they found that monitoring actually had quite a negative effect on well-being and that moderation um, hypothesis wasn't supported so they actually caution against the use of monitoring as a tool now this may be because the particular context that this research was conducted in because um, when they talk about what kind of monitoring they were engaging in you know it may be seen a, as quite extreme so for example one of the monitoring practices was people being required to have their cameras on during work hours so that you know anyone could see at any time are they at their desk working and they're also like clocking in type apps they required to log in at certain times um, which I think is more commonplace um, I certainly have friends who are required to be logged on to their systems at certain times and things like that but then there were things as well like you know daily progress updates and things like that so it may be that you know the monitoring was a, perhaps a little bit more extreme yeah, and, and I guess um, future research could investigate this in more detail, couldn't it? Because I guess like a, a daily check-in meeting with your team, that could in itself provide some level of social support and contact, which might be kind of help um, mitigate any potential feelings of loneliness, might provide that social support that's really important and could form a monitoring function, but be less intrusive than kind of, as you say, having your camera on all the time. I mean, part, surely part of the joy of working from home is you can do it in your tracksuit. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I want the camera on all the time to, to capture that necessarily. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think, it's, like you say, it's, it's how it's perceived as well, isn't it? Is it perceived as being a kind of supportive practice to, to check that everybody's okay? Yeah. Or is it more of a, a punitive Thing of you know we are we are watching to you know we don't trust that you're going to do your work exactly. so yeah and just the, the final area that we wanted to really highlight that was interested with our findings was this area of self-discipline and this was quite a new finding because all of the previous research on working from home hadn't really tapped into this idea that self-discipline was important 
And I think this is probably reflective of the fact that most people that used to work from home were people that selected to do so. So potentially they were already very disciplined people that could be very highly self-motivated and perhaps didn't procrastinate that much. And therefore they uh, didn't have any of these specific challenges when working from home. Obviously during COVID, everybody's been forced to work from home and Uh, In this study, they found that those people with lower levels of self-discipline really struggled more, they procrastinated more, and they just found that working from home was less effective on their performance and their well-being. And so in terms of the implications for practice, in particular for coaches that are perhaps supporting individuals who are working from home or managers who are leading teams that are working from home, I think there's a number of really interesting things that we can take away from, from this study. I think one of the, one of the first things I, I took from this, as a, I was thinking about, okay, as a coach, who might who might you be supporting? You know, you might be supporting managers who are now trying to look after a remote team, or you might be supporting coaching individual employees who are dealing with remote working. I suppose as we move out of the the pandemic, one of the first things is going to be, are people going to get a choice as to whether they work from home or not? So I know big companies like Google have announced that now everybody gets to decide whether they stay working from home permanently or not. Mm. Um, so actually coaching people to understand whether it's the right thing for them, mm. you know, how is it going to impact on their performance? Um, this idea of, you know, person flexible working fit comes through this paper. So making sure that, you know, people have really considered the reality, you know, if we think about kind of the grow model, you know, what do they want to achieve, you know, and have they considered the reality of the remote working situation and how it aligns with their characteristics Mm. and if you're a manager looking at you know whether you're making your team remote or not again supporting people to think through all of those aspects might be important this i this idea of self-discipline rebecca and i we were thinking that you know this could be a key area that coaches could be supporting with but it's tricky isn't it mm. you know, helping somebody to develop self-discipline yeah absolutely I think that you know certainly a lot of the research shows that we have a tendency to be more disciplined uh, or not and it's something that is potentially part of our our personality saying that it, it's it doesn't mean that you can't influence it or develop self-discipline. But, you know, we know just from daily life that if you're not particularly disciplined, then it is one of the biggest behaviour change challenges is to kind of get this discipline from somewhere. But certainly coaches can support individuals in developing their self-discipline. So let's say, for example, you're coaching someone who hasn't had a choice. They have now got to continue working from home, whether they like it or not. And they're really struggling with their self-discipline. They're really procrastinating a lot and just therefore... Uh, an impact of that procrastination might be that they um, have uh, less balance because perhaps they're putting work off and then they're finding that it's eating into their kind of home life more and that might have a negative impact on their well-being and their performance so this it, it could be potentially quite a major issue for them 
But a coach could work with a coachee on developing their self-discipline in a number of ways. So um, they might use something like motivational interviewing as a technique to help um, foster self-discipline and help them understand why that self-discipline is really important in terms of uh, achieving their goals. I mean, use of goal setting generally can be something that uh, the research shows is a really uh, strong predictor of performance. It helps people persist towards goals. It helps give them focus and motivation and enthusiasm but also using something like implementation intentions. So this is uh, really articulating when and how they're going to achieve something. And there's lots of research on implementation intentions, specifically from the health profession. So looking at things like, when am I going to exercise each day specifically? So at what time and what will that exercise look like and how long am I going to do it? And so really forming very clear intentions about how you're going to implement the action towards achieving your goal. So something like that could be really nicely transferred to someone's daily working practice to really understand what they're going to do when to help them to create that discipline to to keep on top of their workload might not change somebody's underlying kind of trait level of self-discipline but I think there as a coach you're providing somebody with tools Mm. to actually manage that um, and to overcome the challenges associated with not being particularly disciplined yeah and and in those early days having a coach to work with could just provide some level of accountability in terms of liaising with them and updating them on how things are going so that they can start to form good habits that will support them on an ongoing basis. One of the other key findings from this study is the really strong influence of social support and the authors recommend that managers should engage in supportive management practices when they're working with teams who are working remotely. And they they suggest a number of different things that managers could do. So things like communicating with uh, their, their team using motivating language, building trust and sharing information rather than close monitoring. Though I think it can't be underemphasized about how important social support is when we're working from home. And of course, during the pandemic, it's been absolutely essential because we can't get social support in the same way we normally would outside of work. Uh, But I think we can transfer a lot of the useful findings in this respect to really understand how important social support is to support uh, that managers and leaders can support their team when they're working from home. Yeah, because I think even if we, you know, if you take the idea that certain people selected remote working previously we know that people who are extroverted have struggled more um, Mm. with lockdown and being isolated and potentially you know people who are more introverted naturally have gravitated towards remote working before and not needed that social support to the same extent as their more extroverted colleagues and now if we're moving to more people working remotely perhaps without choice you're going to have those people who get their energy get their motivation from interactions with other people which as you know sitting at your computer you know doesn't necessarily provide so certainly got to be able to to beef that up Mm. so I think in terms of a recommendation for coaches if you're coaching a manager who's leading a remote team 
I would suggest that just exploring with them ways in which they can create opportunities for their team to get that social support, either from the manager or from peers or from the organization on a a wider basis. But also if you're working with a coach, coachee who's really struggling with working from home, perhaps exploring ways in which they can proactively seek out that social support as well, because for most people, hopefully with some degree of job autonomy, they will have some freedom to try and create those opportunities for social support. So that might be another useful way in which coaches can support individuals that are working from home to make sure that they're as effective as possible, but also that they're looking after their well-being. You can provide lots of opportunities uh, for people to talk and people to to build relationships, but th- there has to be that individual motivation to engage with that um, and perhaps confidence as well to engage with that as Rebecca and I are both both teaching students remotely who we know crave that kind of that interaction with other students but don't always engage with that um, so for example some you know my undergraduate students sometimes we put them into small groups in breakout rooms but nobody will speak they're all too they're all too nervous to actually talk to each other and get that interaction going. Mm. So helping people develop that confidence as individuals to engage in those activities and recognise where the activities are. Like I say, being proactive in seeking them out and helping organisations to kind of maybe slowly build people's confidence in those kind of activities. I think it would be really helpful as a coach. Absolutely. Great. So thank you for joining me again, Holly. We were we were discussing the paper Achieving Effective Remote Working During the COVID-19 Pandemic, a Work Design Perspective. I think that this paper has highlighted some really interesting kind of different angles for us to consider remote working. And certainly as coaches, I think there's a lot of interesting uh, detail in here that can help us support our practice as we're working with people who are working from home or supporting teams working from home. Thank you very much. It's been great. I'm hoping that I'm going to be more productive now for the rest of the day. I know, me too. (laughs) (laughs) See you soon. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks for listening to the Coaching Academic Podcast. If you're interested in reading my research, sponsoring the show, or in hiring me as a researcher, coach, or speaker, check out my website, www.rebeccajjones.co.uk. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review in iTunes and subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a question you'd like me to answer in a future show, then please get in touch via my website. Finally, you can connect with me on Twitter at coach underscore research. Thanks for listening.